you know, if I'm, if I'm working with someone to like tell their story, uh, I think it's important to be mindful that you, you're not kind of like placing your perspective or your way of seeing things or doing things on them. Um, especially if it's really, you know, about sharing their story or kind of creating it together. So yeah, it's important to have, to kind of empower them to be involved in that process. Bringing you conversations with the world's leading visual storytellers on making real impact. This is Storytelling for Change, the Photographers Without Borders podcast. I'm your host, Danny Silva, and I want to acknowledge that I'm coming to you from the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, Métis, and Mohawk First Nations in Canada. My guest today is Bryce Evans. He's an artist of catharsis and founder of The One Project, a private mental health community that focuses on therapeutic photography. He teaches, writes, and speaks around the world about the healing power of photography for mental health. He's also an award-winning photographer, artist, marketing consultant, and community builder. Here's Bryce in his own words, telling me a little bit about himself and his practice. As you said, an artist of catharsis is how I like to think of myself. Um, And so I'm really uh, always looking at how art and, and through my photography, through music, all these different mediums, I can express, uh, you know, peace of my soul kind of, and, and, uh, have this therapeutic process, but also help others to have those moments of, of catharsis and kind of release or expression through that. Um, so the one project is really just kind of this, uh, social enterprise that evolved out of this one series of photos. You can see one of them is behind you there. And it was really a, a series, my first series actually that I created. Uh, that was a way of talking about my mental health for the first time. Uh, so as a teen, I was going through a lot of uh, depression and anxiety. Didn't really know what I was going through uh, at the time, though. And it was through my photos that I was able to create these stories. Um, more so focused around loneliness in the beginning. That's how I talked about it as kind of a more, um, a lot less personal, but worked towards more personal stories. Uh, And after I shared that for the first time, I saw how um, no one was really talking about how photos could be used in this way. This is about 10 years ago now. And then it evolved into this larger community uh, online where people can can learn about that and and connect with other people uh, around their mental health. I think the greatest power behind what Bryce is doing is that it creates a community where people can talk about their struggles openly and realize that others share the same struggles. I wanted to know how Bryce found himself creating this community. He spoke about his background and what led to the work he's currently doing. Yeah, so I dealt with, um, as I said, depression, anxiety as a teen. Um, I would say pretty strong anxiety. And it was something that wasn't talked about. Like this is, um, I mean, when I started this project, it was 10 years ago, which was still a different space of kind of mental health in our conversation. Um, But even... Uh, you know, 10 years before that or five years before that, um, there wasn't a lot of conversation and uh, I was struggling with this thing that I didn't really know what it was. And because that conversation wasn't happening, I wasn't able to kind of figure that out until much later. But yeah, there, you know, there are those struggles. There's a big um, uh, confusion sometimes of, of this type of work and, and the terms being used. So we call it therapeutic photography and that's kind of the main term of, uh, you know, if you're not a professional, if you're doing this on your own, it's outside of that context of um, like a therapy um, or working with a therapist. 
there is also a lot of these same techniques and uh, work uh, is done as phototherapy, which is where you're, you know, a, a um, registered therapist and everything, and you can do a lot of the same techniques. Um, it is, that is a sort of concern and a challenge and it, it does make it difficult, but um, just seeing how, like the benefits that can come from this type of thing and, you know, having the right um, uh, sort of pieces in place to direct people if they're in crisis or if they're, you know, really do need that professional help that we guide them to those resources too, mm-hmm. uh, I think is one of the most important pieces. Because a lot of, in the last, like we're coming up to our, our 10 year anniversary and we're trying to do like a lot more with that. And it really kind of brought me back to the roots of, of everything that we've done and created. And, um, so there's a, there's kind of like two sides to the name, the one project, um, one being, uh, kind of the, your own, well, one of our taglines is you're the most important project of your life. Um, and so that's the idea of kind of the introspective journey and you kind of working on yourself, um, to be able to understand, you know, how you can better take care of yourself, better understand what you're going through with your mental health, uh, and all these different pieces of it. And then the flip side of it has, has always been this intention of having, um, having that extra interaction and having it not just help you, but help other people as well. So that's the one project being this kind of like global, larger project of everyone's um, kind of participation together can create something uh, much larger. Uh, And also kind of this sense of that you're, you know, through that work and that journey, you're never alone. There's always people out there who are there to support you and they're going through that process too. Um, So that was kind of the thought behind, uh, yeah, the one project and the name and everything. Building supportive and healthy communities really relies on creating a sense of trust and safety within the group. I wondered what kinds of protocols Bryce used in creating the One Project to ensure that it could be a safe space for members to share their experiences openly with one another. Yeah, so uh, our sort of the main thing we have is is a private community. And so uh, everything, it's not indexed by Google. You have to log in um, and become a member to, to access any of it. Uh, we do have a lot of stories and everything that are shared publicly, but we have um, a bunch of different sort of sequences in place and ways for people to give permission. Um, so any, anytime we're sharing something on our website or um, social media and everything, we've gotten express permission from, from those members. Mm. Um, we try and keep sort of a zero uh, tolerance policy on, on self-promotion and things like that so that it feels authentic and it feels, you know, you're, you're only seeing stories that are kind of um, real and, and uh, you can relate to Um, because a lot of people I kind of mentioned beforehand um, are sharing stories sometimes for the first time. Um, It needs to be, you know, feel like a safe and supportive space where other people are doing that and they can see that they're getting support. Um, So it feels like they're able to do that as well. Part of it too is like the community is not just people who maybe are struggling with their mental health. There are, um, I mean, there are some mental health professionals too who have their own struggles and they're in it kind of personally in the community as well. Um, there's also, you know, loved ones who are trying to understand how to support, you know, their, um, their dad, their son or daughter better um, through that and then learning through that process as well. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention too, is we're seeing it a lot more with, um, with like mental health organizations of, of having, 
people with lived experience or having more kind of peer support aspects of what they're doing, which is really cool because uh, the clinical side obviously like holds a lot of weight and, and a lot of value, but there's so much more like we, the way that we see mental health for a lot of things is it's a spectrum and there's so much I think that's missing out of that without people sharing their stories very openly. So that's where we're trying to be that space where if we can open up, you know, 10 or 20% more of these stories, there's probably a lot that we can learn um, and a lot of insights that people can have uh, on how to better manage or hopefully overcome those things. I asked Bryce to tell us about the positive outcomes of this project and about the network of support it creates for members. I think some of the ones that hit the hardest for me are those kind of first times. So like people sharing their story literally for the first time anywhere, like they've never talked about it before. And uh, a lot of times they're heartbreaking. Some of the things that, you know, people have gone through and they've, they've held on to for so long. So um, that always hits home with, cause again, that's like what this has been for me in so many ways, um, helping kind of get past those, uh, those milestones or those first to, to open up and get more support. Mm. Um, but we've also seen people, uh, like one of our courses about teaching the techniques and creating a, a series like I did. Um, we call it Build Your One Project. And we've seen um, people kind of create that series and be inspired to. We had one lady who dealt with chronic pain and she went on to create this whole website and program for other people to use therapeutic photography with uh, to deal with chronic pain and kind of share those stories. Mm. Uh, we've seen people, uh, I mean, we've had some exhibitions of, of member stories or um published in, in print magazines and everything. Uh, we've had a member who went on to create a book out of this series that they've done. So it's, it's really cool to see sometimes like through their own empowerment, what they go on to do after these things, but also um, even just like the, the connections and people really supporting each other. And they don't, aside from, you know, online on this community, they don't really know each other. Um, but the love and support is really um, beautiful a lot of the time too. There's a quote that I love from Howard W. Thurman, a Black author, educator, and civil rights leader. He says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And personally, I believe our struggles can become our superpowers. I wanted to hear Bryce's reflections on this. Yeah, no, that's that's like it perfectly. And I've seen it, like I've seen it very clearly in myself with this project Um like I said, it's been about 10 years now that I've been working on it since taking those original photos. Um, and I've seen it in a lot of other mental health advocates of just how, um, like going through what they went through, they become so much stronger. They become, you know, a lot more educated about these things, you know, through their, their lived experience. Um, and there's a lot of value in that that can be, you know, shared with the world. And, um, yeah, and in, in my case, you know, I've, I've seen, how we kind of talked about beforehand um there's the difficulty of being like the face of it and the leader and and whether whether or not i can um still be vulnerable and still share about my struggles because of how you know the sort of stereotypes of what a leader is and what strength is and everything and so that's been a challenge for me but just reminding myself of what started the whole thing and the whole purpose of it was to be that space that i was looking for um, and now it's, you know, it is that thing for me, but it's that for, for a lot more people as well. So, um, kind of scratching your own itch, uh, definitely. I, I believe in that. The, I think the main piece that's come out of, of this work and this project and everything is, is how, 
how much strength there is in, in vulnerability and, and being authentic and honest and, and open about uh, the struggles that you're going through. So often I find that when I go to friends or family to talk about something I'm going through, they end up trying to give me unsolicited advice. I don't know if anyone in the audience can relate, but here's what Bryce had to say about that. Yeah, it's it's one of the so part of the one project too is is you know having this kind of like you said before, creating this community together and creating together these, you know, step by step each person's interaction and and um sort of additions to it, we're building these resources and these insights together. Um, and one of the main ones through a few different um, initiatives was kind of how to better support people who are struggling uh, with depression, with anxiety. And the sort of number one thing was just listening. Like people need someone who can, who can just sit and listen and allow them to kind of open up and share their, uh, what they're going through without judgment, without, um, that type of thing. And, uh, a lot of times without advice too. So it's, it's hard when you, it's coming from a good place. Um, and it's, you know, uh, coming from, you know, the want to support someone or to have them get through what they're going through. But a lot of times, again, someone, they just want someone to listen. And if, unless there's kind of a, a request for advice or kind of, you know, them leading that first, that can come off as, um, a lot of different things. Sometimes just as if you're not listening or if uh, judgment come off as pressure on the person to feel like they're not doing enough. Um, there's all these different pieces that come into that, but um, we see that uh, how it helps to just uh, approach it in a different way and, and uh, acknowledge even online, there's ways that you can acknowledge that, you know, I see you, I hear you, you know, even just uh, sort of validating that's a lot to be going through right now. Um, something like that can, can be vastly different than jumping to, uh, trying to recommend something for them, uh, because they might've tried those things, you know, they, um, and again, they might just want to be trying to express it and let out what's going on without the need to like do something about that. Knowing that Bryce is also a photographer and artist, I wondered if he had any plans for other types of storytelling projects and what his process is like for choosing which ideas to pursue and focus on. Oof. Uh, well, part of my problem is I have too many ideas. So <laughs> um, choosing and kind of uh, making them happen is the, the tough part. But um, I mean, I can maybe talk to the process of, of like how I moved from uh, photos to, to music. Like it's very... Uh, I'm not sure if this is the right word, but it's like very visceral. Like I, it's very, uh, it's almost a physical feeling a lot of the time. So when I first, um, like with this original series and um, uh, yeah, mostly with that, it was like a physical feeling of, of something that I needed to kind of get off my chest or like off my back. Uh, and it was through that process that I could like literally feel how therapeutic it was. And, and it just kind of um, got that off. And um there was a weird in the last i would say two years or so it was this weird process of not feeling that anymore that that kind of pull towards photography in the same way it wasn't as um urgent and it kind of shifted into music and so for whatever reason like that's now had that therapeutic pull for me so that's kind of always been um you know whatever whatever sitting in the back of my mind and kind of like nagging me to like it's it's time i need to work on this is 
it's how I go through it. Um, and also just, uh, personally, like I said, like it's, it's about catharsis for myself and, and what I kind of see the most, see as the most, um, could have the most impact for other people as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to, uh, explain. It's a very personal process, but, uh, that's, I guess my best way of going about it. (laughs) I asked Bryce about the cathartic elements of photography for him. And if there are other aspects of photography that he finds therapeutic. A lot. It's almost like at every stage. So, you know, the, um, the process of taking the photo. Also, we talk about kind of how the editing process and how, you know, certain decisions of like how you're cropping it. Um, part of what in, as we talk about like the insights with uh, the one project and everything, part of that is um, those choices. So like we see a lot of black and white images to convey like depression, for example, or we see with anxiety, a lot of times you'll have um these like you, if you're taking a photo and you have like a sort of a slower shutter speed, you can sort of like move the camera as you're doing it and get that that blurred effect. Um, and a lot of people use that for um, conveying anxiety because there's a sense of like unease and, and movement and, and and everything. So that's part of what we're doing too is like helping to uh, understand like what are those visual metaphors or what are these ways that you're expressing these things through the, those choices, uh, photographically. Um, but an important part of the whole community too, is like, it's, you don't have to be a photographer. You don't really have to know, like you can just use your phone and take snapshots and it's still a way of like communicating non-verbally. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like a bigger part of what we're hoping to like collect and build as well. I was curious about what Bryce feels is more important in his storytelling, the message that he's trying to convey or the feelings that he's trying to express? The message versus the emotion. It's an interesting question. I think that it uh, it's different for each piece. But I think that yeah, that kind of goes back to, I guess, like the name and the whole concept in general uh, is, is, I think, both matter. But um, I don't think one should sort of trump the other. Uh, I think it's good to be mindful of how kind of like what we were talking about with you know media like it's good to be cognizant of how people might interpret um it um that's really on them though and their perspective of it um but it's good to be to be mindful of that and again how we kind of teach it and look at it is um how can this sort of help them to inspire them to open up and share what they need to share it might not be the same thing um people can also get insights you know like from the photo there it's uh, behind you, it's sort of focused around a breakup um, sort of idea, like relationships and breakups. But uh, there's people who kind of interpret it as like a death. And so they can get that perspective out of it. And it can be healing and therapeutic for them to see this story or this photo. Um, but the intention of of the author is is different. I asked Bryce if he had any insights for others wanting to work with communities on storytelling projects. How do you find the right communities to work with and which stories to tell? I think it's a conversation that needs to, to happen. Like there, uh, you know, with these stories um, that you're, you know, if I'm, if I'm working with someone to like tell their story, uh, I think it's important to be mindful that you, you're not kind of like placing your perspective or your way of seeing things or doing things on them. Um, especially if it's really a, 
you know, about sharing their story or kind of creating it together. Um, so yeah, it's important to have, to kind of empower them to be involved in that process. Um, that's a lot of, I think what photo voice does a lot of the time, uh, and how they do it well is, um, making sure that, that, yeah, the people that it's not, you know, you imposing on them, it's, it's empowering and doing it together. My final question for Bryce was, as usual, what the most significant teaching is that he has ever received. Meditate. (laughs) I think that came into my life early on. And um, I think that's just been a huge part of, of my process of, again, like introspection and, and kind of learning how to calm my mind and, and my spirit and everything. So that was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> okay, so just a quick follow-up. How do you meditate and how can we use photography as a meditation, if, if at all? Yeah, uh, good point. I, I, uh, you were, uh, that's a good setup for me. So um, there are some organizations that speak about it kind of specifically as sort of a, a form of mindfulness. Um, and I definitely believe that. Um, so yeah, going out, like, especially if you're like out in nature, like there's the health benefits of that, but, um, going out and taking photos as well, there's, um, it can kind of, yeah, be a form of mindfulness and meditation. Um, how do I meditate? Uh, I do a lot of different, um, types that I kind of switch back and forth, but I try and, uh, keep up a daily practice as much as possible. Quickly, if I can say one last thing, that's a huge part of how it's helpful for mental health because, you're you're literally like we talk about it you're literally looking through a new lens and a lot of times your mental health can shift your perspective more towards the negative and more towards um certain sort of thought patterns and that's why photography can kind of open that up to new um, perspectives as well you can follow bryce on instagram at the one project or check out his website at theoneproject.co. I'm Danny Conda Silva, and this has been Storytelling for Change, presented by Photographers Without Borders. Don't forget to follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms so you can be notified of new episodes first. All Photographers Without Borders members also have access to our full visual library of unedited Storytelling for Change episodes. To become a member, head to photographerswithoutborders.org and find us on Instagram or Facebook at Photographers Without Borders. We are incredibly grateful to the Indigenous communities who have been protectors of the land and water since time immemorial. And this is your daily reminder to know whose land you stand on.